Things are about to be incredible. Not in my life, but just in this podcast. I think we might be diluting the word incredible. Yeah, it's like... Like, this podcast is going to be good. Don't guys, get me guys, wrong, but let's, let's set our expectations appropriately. We acknowledge that no podcast is super amazing. <laughs> I don't know. You ever listen to the black tapes? <laughs> no, I haven't. So that's why I feel like I can say that. I've been listening to gotcha. Hollywood Handbook a lot lately. Yeah, Austin really likes it. I, I'm not surprised. Me and Austin have very similar listening habits. Mm-hmm. Similar porn habits, um, too. Oh, he likes the weird Asian, like, pillow doll porn? Oh, yeah. cool. Big into it. I, I, yeah. I should ask him what his favorite sites are. Yeah. You guys should definitely swap yeah, info. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the first conversation. Well, speaking we of things have. that are erotic, <laughs> let's, <laughs> Pixar let's talk movies. about Hunter's thighs. Uh, like that New York Times review? Did you see that? No. Oh, there's this atrocious... It's either New York Times or New Yorker, but this critic talked about how, how sexually charged Elastigirl is. And I was like, s- some of the language he uses to describe it and stuff, it's... I- I'll send it to you because it is ridiculous. It sounds, it sounds like the New Yorker. It's definitely like a him thing where I'm like, that was like you, dude. Dude, you were. That's why. That's why you were having feelings. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I saw. I saw Incredibles too. A a bit ago. As did I. It was. It was a very enjoyable cinematic experience. It was. It was. I. It was interesting. I know a lot of people have had issues with the difference um, in how. And like what Tony looks like, because mm-hmm. I guess it's like so extreme. But I honestly, I really did that aside. Like I enjoyed all the visuals. Oh man, that house! And when he was pushing all the buttons, and the couch went into the water. So great! Oh, that so I great. laughed so hard during that. It was just great. It was back to like, I don't know. It was back to the Pixar I was like a teenager during. And it felt very nice and nostalgic. It didn't feel like with like those car sequels, how it's just like, okay, it's for the money. It like felt like it was for the fans, which I love. Or even even the Toy Story sequels at times, while I think they're the Toy Story sequels are, are good, I thought this was easily the best Pixar sequel we've seen. I I agree. I agree. I I think I'm forever going to uh to be disagreeing with the guy who sits next to me at movies about Toy Story 3 because he loves it. Yeah, I I definitely, I really like Toy Story 3, even though it's an emotional terrorist attack. Emotional terrorism. Although in this, in this instance, Pixar still got us to cry, but they decided to make it happen during the short instead of in the actual movie. Do you think Courtney, if your if your kid marries someone outside of of their heritage, is going to eat a a pot sticker? Well, probably not. I guess to be uh, ethnically appropriate, it would probably be like I don't know a pie, like a slice of pie, or or like uh, lefsa. It's a roll of lefsa. A roll our of little, le- oh, I dumplings. love lefsa. Oh, damn, lefsa is mm. so good. Is lefsa My- lefsa is not vegan because you have butter in it, right? Yeah, you can make vegan lefsa, but I haven't attempted it. Um, but dear, at one, when the short, <laughs> while the short was going on, as soon as the girlfriend showed up, uh, 
Courtney's eyes got a little wide. And then as soon as he was leaving with her, she goes, oh, no, I stole the dumpling. My my mom probably we saw it with my family for Father's Day. And my mom, uh, my mom definitely was trying not to cry during that short. Oh, she loves you. I guess. <laughs> I guess. It was cute, though. I really liked that short. Yeah, and I really liked The Incredibles, too. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about, do, do you feel like, as a whole, it worked as a film? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're one. Solid. Um, I really, I'm glad Pixar got it right, for finally. Finally. We've cut you a lot of slack, Pixar. Um, no, but I, I really, I thought it was an enjoyable time. The action sequences were fantastic that motorcycle chase oh yeah uh, just the actual physical animation of it was great the soundtrack continues to be awesome there were a lot of really good jokes um it was i don't think as like i think the first incredibles is a perfect movie mm-hmm. like from a structure pers- perspective and like a- everything's working for it um this one wasn't quite as perfect because i don't think it had as clearly defined a sort of character arc for everyone whereas in the first one it was the decision to put the mask back on and you know go fight evil and a midlife crisis story for bob whereas this was sort of a going back to work story and growth as a parent it was like growth as a parent was kind of bob's arc which was good yeah that seemed Um, apparent I'm going to leave in that long pause. Um, <laughs> give everyone a chance to laugh. Uh, but I think... Thanks. I, I think Elastigirl kind of nailed it from the get-go. And then... I think everyone else was catching up. Yeah. She didn't have as much arc. She I'm not gonna. She wasn't a Mary Sue or anything, but she just sort of... You know, she was... She's always back, rocked. Yeah, she was back to doing it. I wish that um, it was a little harder of a detective case i guess i, w- I wanted a little more of a it seemed true mystery really element, clear but... to me who was going to be the bad guy like it seemed yeah. real clear <laughs> well uh, we've only introduced one person with any sort of tech prowess so yeah i'm gonna go with that um and i think for me i was sort of bummed that it felt like all this personal growth that that like violet and dash had in their relationship and then also individually seemed sort of like it was they were starting from square one again a bit yeah like i they were just you know don't you touch my sister and they like you know punching the bad guys on the island and we're finally working together i think i mean it felt very similar i am not yeah. to say, not to say i didn't like it it was no it was, but it was just yeah. yeah it was it just felt like it felt old hat a little bit and i mean with them especially. Yeah. It was like they no, we already saw them do this. Like I I needed more like if they had been working on the Tony problem together, maybe. Yeah. Which or something. Which was a very bizarre and like but interesting side plot. Yeah. I'd say it's like a C plot. C or D mm-hmm. plot was going on there. It it was worth it for me to watch Violet shoot the water out of her nose and just have that awful, embarrassing moment at the restaurant. I was like, "Oh, everyone's been there." Oh yeah, I uh, my favorite awkward teenage story is not actually my own. It's this guy. I will preface this by saying my sister was 
one of those girls that guys really liked, but it was always these like very kind of nervous sort of nerdy guys. Mm-hmm. And me and my friend, like my best friend, we had this big back back deck. You've seen it before. Um, and we were just like hanging out. I think we were just listening to music and dancing because, you know, kids in Montana in early 2000s. That's what we do. And we see this car drive by and it's this guy that I was pretty sure liked my sister and they had a few classes together. He looked a lot like her ex-boyfriend and so I thought it was kind of funny. Um, and his car broke down in front of our house and my dad had to help him. And like all the neighborhood, because like we had a, we were lived on a pretty quiet street, all the neighbors came out and like Anne kind of eventually came out and like saw him and realized who he was and she like kind of waved to him like, oh, hey, we have like biology or something together and me and my friend were laughing so hard because we were pretty sure it was that he was doing like you know that awkward drive-by you do when you like someone and you're like oh are they home i'm just gonna go and see if i can see their sedan it's so sexy yeah junior stocking yeah um and so it it was just it was a really it was a really great moment for me and this movie reminded me of that like hard <laughs> to the point that I asked my, I was like, do you remember that time? And she's like, I'm sure he was doing, doing something else in that neighborhood. I'm like, and the only other people that live in that neighborhood are like retirees. Who is he visiting? Maybe he volunteers with the elderly. Well, good for him. Now I feel bad. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I did love that. But let's, let's talk about what didn't work. Um, yeah, I think... I want to see Frozone's wife already. Like, it was a great joke in the first movie, but there was nothing more. They gave it away in the trailer. That didn't, I didn't like. What I would have liked about her is if she actually is also a superhero Mm -hmm. and is like, but is like the big superhero that it's like, yeah, they're the Incredibles and everything and he's Frozone. But like, um, but when it comes down to it, like she's actually like the most powerful superhero. But that's why yeah. she's always in the other room is she's like doing something. Like she's having a really important meeting or something like that. When they inevitably do the Incredibles 3, they either need to introduce Honey as some badass or as non-powered at all. Um but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. 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 I don't really have. I want something. I want something more than the off-screen bit. Um, yeah. I. Th- I thought that while the villains' technology and motives and thoughts were interesting, just like they were in the first one. Um, again, it was really predictable as to who it was. Like, don't set it up as that much of a mystery. Because it's not going to be a mystery. Like, we met both of them, and then the screen slaver showed up, and it's like, oh, I wonder who that is. It's like, there hasn't been this really intense villain in a long time, so... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's actually a pretty good place to say, like, our least favorite characters. And mine was Catherine Keener's character, who is, spoiler alert, the bad guy. Um, she, her character's... Oh, fish name. She's she's does a screen slaver, but she's Evelyn Dever. Um, she's the sister of uh, of Bob Odenkirk's character, Winston Dever. But they're basically trying to revitalize the superhero franchise, 
And uh, yeah, she basically plays the character that Katherine Keener plays in Get Out. Like she hypnotizes people. I was like, I guess that must be her real life skill. And so she's like got it on her resume. And so every time they're like, oh, we've got someone who needs to hypnotize. Katherine Keener, because it's, it's legit. Let's make it legit. Well, and- it is the it is the the skill of all the Kinnear clan. Um, Greg Kinnear can also do it. I know they're actually different names that I realized that as soon as I said it. But you it's know okay. What? Keener Kinnear. They're so, they sound Keener. similar. I loved Greg Kinnear's cameo in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh yeah, as himself. <laughs> and then Fabulous. he was so into it. Him and Titus. I would watch that show. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I would. 100% watch that. Um, yeah, no, she was... I think that if they had just gotten someone else and tweaked it a little, we can get into it in the rewrite, I think it would have been... But I love her voice, too. She has a great it voice. Just, it's it, raspy. It was, it's was. Per- it was. Oh, she's got such a good voice. But it was a little... Yeah, it was a little too close to get out. But also, this has been in development for long enough that... It, it was story-wise, I'm sure, very much a coincidence. And then the casting was great, but still, like, somewhat problematic. So, Dan, who, what character failed you? I was disappointed with Dash, because I, I loved Dash in the first one. Again, arc problems. Uh, Dash really wants to use his powers and he you know he feels super and he wants to be super and he wants to do sports and he wants to compete and he wants to you know be a part of the family business and he gets to overcome his obstacles of his parents objection and go for it and eventually they you know he gets to do the track meet and whatnot Mm -hmm. uh and he was I, i think he was still funny um and but he it felt I guess everybody kind of had a similar arc in the first one. And in this, there was really only an arc for, for Mr. Incredible. Yeah. I um, definitely feel like that. Fine. Um, but I just wanted, I wanted dash to be, I guess learning how to do math was his obstacle. I did love the scene between dash and Bob where he's like, no, you've got to do math this way. He's like, I don't know how to do math that way. Why did they change it? I have those moments. I did love that he stayed up and learned how to do it, though. Yeah. That was so cute. It was very cute. It was a good dad thing to do. Yeah, he's a he's a solid dad. He uh, his single parenting moments were great, but that's not what we're talking about. But I agree, Dash was sort of a a disappointment. You're not mad. You're just disappointed in him. But he had some funny moments. But I mean, still, like when it comes to it, like when it comes to like the next movie we're gonna talk about. It's it's just like these are such minute details comparatively. Yeah, we don't end up with as much. Uh, I don't have as many problems with this as I do a lot of other films. Like these are let let me be clear. We're getting granular because it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's a it's solid a, yeah, movie. Yeah, it's super entertaining. It's yeah. beautifully done. Yeah, the only thing it lacks is as good an arc as the first one. That's it. And I'm going to keep saying that because that's really the only thing that was like 
less so like the everything else about it i love i want to get back in this world for incredibles 3 oh yeah and have enough supers out and about that we have real super villains again yeah and i, en- I enjoyed having like the the little the few extra little characters that weren't doing a ton but like they were fun mm-hmm. it was just it was fun to see them yeah I think Void and Violet should become friends. I agree. I think they would be good. I think they would be good friends. Um, so Dan, who is your wild card? Uh, I, you know, she was one of my favorite characters in the first one, but uh, Edna really was a wild card, not because I expected Edna to not be good, but because Edna with Jack-Jack as her little thing was, was great. And how he was mimicking her. Oh, the yeah, she's got the cigarette holder, he's got the lollipop. I mean, it was it was flawless. Oh my god, it I want to see an Starling. Edna and Jack Jack like movie. Short. No, I want to see a movie with just them like as like a, a buddy cop comedy. Um or, or where she's like the 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 tech person for her. but yeah I do I do love her and I love that she brought back like she was so frustrated about Elastigirl having a a suit not by her and like it just it did feel like it added in a way to like the the distrust of Catherine Keener's character and I just love that Bride Bird does this and you can see that there's love into in to that character and it oh, makes yeah. me happy and did you hear did you hear that like I think it's his son is Demon Jack Jack. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Um, I think it's his son. Maybe his nephew. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, but yeah, so I just thought that was really, really funny. But yeah. Uh, my wild card is Violet. Violet was a hard character for me for the first movie. I didn't feel like she had a lot going on. Like, it was that she was shy and then she wasn't shy. And I think she was, she became a stronger and more independent character. And she also seemed to understand her role as a woman, like, as a woman, and as a member of the family, like she felt like she got a lot older. It was it didn't feel like it was just like a few, a few minutes after the last movie. It, it felt like though this whole the whole her the guy she was going to go on a date with got brainwashed and then and then he forgot the date and then she was sad. But like she also really developed an understanding of for her responsibility and her skills. And I thought that that final fight scene where she was like, "I need to stay back with." with Jack Jack and like all that like it was just it was a nice I think her beginning fight scene and end fight scene contrast was great because I do like that both the kids just are fighting over who watches the baby at first and then you know they recognize their different roles in things and it wasn't that like she was just watching the baby um it was that you know there are certain things that Dash can do that she can and there are certain things that she can do that Dash can't and when they get they all agree things go much better. Yeah. I think the beauty of a movie like The Incredibles is acknowledging people's strengths and weaknesses. And I think when everyone works together, it is beautiful. Not only do you get great action scenes, but you get, everyone gets their chance to shine. Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice like that. Um, I agree. Yeah, Violet, Violet, was, Violet was on a, she had a nice little trajectory. She, she got to, to figure stuff out. Yeah, and I think it was nice. I mean, I know why they had to change the voice actor for Dash. Um, obviously, it's like with Finding Nemo. Um, but yeah. it was nice that Violet stayed the same. It like added yeah. something. Um, and our number ones. Speaking of Jack-Jack, for me, Jack-Jack. 
Jack Jack stole the show for me in so many ways. That scene between him and the raccoon oh my is like God. my favorite thing I've ever seen in a Pixar movie. Like that, and that was, they didn't give any of it away in the trailer. No, they didn't. And I think that was the best part of it was I love that. But then also when Bob is getting increasingly exhausted and Lucius comes over and, and he's like, so wait, he can hear you. He can hear me from the other dimension. <laughs> and like when he doesn't get the cookie, he becomes a demon. <laughs> and like, I loved it. And I loved Edna explaining all of his like different skills and like how it worked and everything. And I also loved as like a character as, as like a mom, how how Elastigirl was like when she realized he's it realized she missed his first powers, like how like that like it hit my little heart muscle there. I was like, oh, like yeah, that would suck. Like your son has powers, and he's like probably the most powerful of all of you. I yeah, that was such a great that's such a great moment when when they're on the ship there because. You know, as the one who stays at home, you get that moment. Like, Bob got that moment. And I think that was the nice trade-off of Elastigirl being front and center for most of the action, is Bob got the the moment with Jack-Jack. Don't shoot the baby in the house. Someone could get seriously hurt. I love it. it it's pew, just... Pew. It's so good. It was, it's, and I, I, I don't know. I think the addition of Jack-Jack's powers is going to make for, now that they can understand them, and like he's developed this also this dynamic with Edna Mode. I think it's gonna mean for like some really fun stuff in Incredibles three. Yeah, absolutely. And if he's got these this many from birth, and you know who knows, he may shed a few powers as he grows up. But I wonder if if puberty he's gonna get the X Men treatment and get like some more secondary powers or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm really curious and excited and I cannot wait to see where he goes in the franchise too. So Dan. So Dan. Who was your number one pick on this? Who if for your what was your NBA draft? Oh, Elastigirl. Yeah. She was she was so much fun. While Bob in the first one had the anxiety and the thrill of the double life and needing this and having to 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 hide it but get back in shape and do all the stuff, you know, his whole journey there. In this one, it wasn't as much of a journey like we've talked about. However, it was great to see Elastigirl just go out there and, and get the job done and do stuff. And granted, all the jobs were manipulated and whatnot, but... Her motorcycle skills. Oh my god, I love them. Would she go sideways and like as split it in half? And when she's jumping and splitting it and moving one half and then the other, so creative. And again, they didn't give that away in the trailer. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. That was uh, they didn't give away the best stuff, in my opinion, for the most part. Yeah, they did a real. This is how you do an ad campaign, okay? Okay, Hotel Artemis. Yeah, give away some good stuff. Don't give away basically the entirety of Jeff Goldblum in it. Spoiler alert for Hotel Artemis. Skip ahead 45 seconds. He killed Jodie Foster's son. The end. It's terrible. God. Ugh. We'll doctor that one up he stole a Porsche. Yeah, right. God. I just... Mm. However, um, from her action sequences to her reaction, to the to the real trade-off. They didn't try to Murphy Brown it and be like, oh, but she's still going to be home every night and cooking the meals and doing no, everything because she, she can. 
Yeah, it's like that's not how this works. Like there are certain tasks and responsibilities that are just baseline for a household. Cooking, cleaning, taking care of children, uh, paying bills, all, all that shit. And if you're not there, you can't do them, right? And it's okay. It's okay, but it is a trade-off, and she's going to miss stuff. And I appreciate that it wasn't like, oh, but Elastic Girl's still going to come home, and she's going to show Bob how it's done. It's like, no, she's not, she's not going to be able to. She's going to be exhausted, and she's going to be on missions. So, Because it's exhausting. You can't be everything to everyone. No, you cannot. Which really um, is the takeaway from this movie. That is that is the lesson here. Yeah, I think it was. Thanks, Brad Bird. Thanks, Brad Bird, for putting your heart into this because it's so clear. You know what we have in common with Brad Bird? What? Uh, we were all born in Montana. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he grew up in Kalispell for a little bit. I'll forgive him for that. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, Kalispell is not bad. It's not like Haver. <laughs> Miles shitty. <laughs> these these jokes aren't funny for anyone except playing for, across the nation. It's like six people from Montana who listen to this and are like, "Can't, ha ha, I know that place. I got gas there once." So Montana, Brad Bird, awesome. Yeah, this Woo. movie, awesome. What would we change though? Because we're we're this way. I would do two things, really. I'd give Dash either. Dash and Violet are working out how to handle the baby or how to handle Tony, and that's like their combined arc. You can do a combined arc for them. Um, and I would give uh, for Helen either, you know, some sort of power glitch that she has to work through, like after she stretches so much, maybe she has trouble, re- you know, recoiling and getting her shape back if she does it too much and like learning her limits, and it could have been something about aging. Mm-hmm. Or, um, Maybe that her detective skills suck and she has to learn how to be a detective or something. I, I just want her to I want her to learn a little more because she just she hit the ground running and she kicked ass and she figured it out and she overcame and she got through. Um, but I would also make those those goggles a little harder to remove. Yeah. Because <laughs> they came off like real easy. Yeah. <laughs> they were silly. I agree. I think I really like the her overstretching herself. <laughs> um, I think I would, yeah, I would want there to be more of a Violet Dash dynamic. They are siblings after all, and I feel like they were very rarely interacting. And I would say I would love, um, I would love like Glenn Close to play Evelyn or someone else, just because though I love Catherine Keener's voice, I think it was really hard for me to get away from that. I would have liked it to be a little bit harder to know. I, I just would have liked there to be a few more curveballs so that it didn't seem so obvious that it was her. Absolutely. Like, it, maybe even like pull a like Jenny Slate in uh, Zootopia where she's really meek and so it doesn't seem as obvious or something like that. Also, yeah. with her whole backstory, I liked that it was that her dad was so busy calling the superheroes, but I kind of thought, a disgruntled superhero killed him. And I kind of would have liked that to be the case of these powers are great, but they need to be checked on. So though, yes, they should be, it's all about like the supers getting to still be superheroes. It would be kind of cool if it's like, yeah, but there are checks and balances to the system. What is the price of 
freedom. Yeah. And so that would, you know. I, I would have liked it, but I, I get it. It's a kid's movie and that's a little bleak. But yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, it's Pixar. We've all watched those first five minutes of Up, so. <laughs> um, I would like to add one small section for Incredibles 3. What do we want to see? I want to see five to ten year time jump. Thank you. 100% agree. And what does that what does that give you? What do you want? I want to see Violet moving out of the house. Violet trying to become her a solo super, not in the family. Right. Dash like first love. But I kind of would love Dash to be gay and like to be figuring that out and to understand like what that is and because it's still if you think about it, the the Incredibles is many years in the past. Like what is it? Yeah. The the 50s 60s, late, the 60s late or late 50s early 60s i think i think brad bird said like 61 or 60 so i would love that because i think that is actually a thing for this era so where maybe he gets persecuted for that and accidentally shows his superpower because he has to run away from someone yeah and like th- that be like their big thing is jack jack runs or i'm sorry uh dash runs away jack jack become like almost maybe having an anakin Skywalker issue with the force of like, is he going to be evil? Is he going to be good? Like, how's he going to hone all these superpowers? Because it seemed like it was a lot even for them and they have two other super children. So it seems like his superpowers are kind of off the charts. And uh, yeah, no, and I would love to see at some point, I, I honestly would love to see Dash run away, be living with Aunt Edna. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, so I think like that'd be a really fun thing, but I think I, I would be nice to see them less bad. I want them to develop a, a good supervillain, but I also want to see them really in this in this decade that they're in and seeing how they actually are suiting it because the it's a pretty feminist uh, film if you look at it. Like you've got you've got the stay at home dad right now and everything, and that's just yeah. unheard of in this time. And so it's really progressive already. And so it'd be kind of, this is a family that this would be an interesting detail. So um, I agree with you. I think that we, I think that there's a good opportunity to do something, especially with a love story for like Dash. However, I don't think that Pixar is going to do like an openly gay teenage romance. I just don't see Disney doing that. So instead, Dash is um in a relationship with a uh, a black I, I i immediately knew where you're going with it and I, i'm because feeling it 60s. i'm feeling it because it's the 60s um and that would be you know um i hate when all people of color in film are related to each other or tv show of like oh well you're black and you're black like when uh john boyega joined star wars and everyone was like is that lando's son <laughs> Like, it doesn't have to be that. But if it's, like, Honey's, uh, uh, Frozone's niece or something, fine, whatever. But I just think, I like, think, he goes to a school, so I think. Yeah, exactly. So there's it. people. Um, so that'd be a great opportunity for that. Or maybe a villain's kid. Ooh, I like that. That's a little Despicable Me-ish. Yeah. But I, yeah, can, you, I can do something it. Something like that. I can do that. But it definitely needs to be in the future. It can't be just, like, right after this one. Yes, we have to go into the future. I like Violet moving out and trying to form her own identity. And 
when she as she's in the process of doing that, she gets courted by a different designer who wants to make her a suit and give her a car or whatever with like a sponsorship deal. Ooh, I like that. And this other designer is voiced by Meryl Streep. See, Meryl Streep was my other thought for Evelyn, so I like where you're going with this. Right? Um, And then for Jack-Jack, I like him uh, struggling with his powers, especially if you put him at about like 10 years old or 11 years old. A lot of people are being bullied at that time, and certain kids are getting bigger and stronger, and Jack-Jack having trouble at school Mm -hmm. would be great. But the number one thing I want for Jack-Jack is I want a lot of interactions with his teacher, who is a grown-up Kari, the babysitter from the first movie. I would love that. Oh, yes. my God. Oh, God, Kari. I loved the end of The Incredibles with her. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So I think one last thing, though. Adair, what would we rename this movie? So I would do The Incredibles, colon... Rise of Jack-Jack. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, I would call it uh, Mr. Mom. Yes! Taking a page from my book. So, we've talked about The Incredibles. Can we... Let's just talk a little bit Bonus about... Bonus time. Let's talk about Hotel Artemis because I've finally seen it. And I am so bummed out about this because I, when I saw that trailer... I was so stoked for this movie, like stoked for this movie. And I will say after I got your critique of it, I did not go and see it for a while because of it. And I saw it this week. And boy, was that a garbage fire. Like, it's such a cool world. It's such a cool world. Great setup. It's um, it's like a little more high tech, a little more dystopia John Wick. I, that's exactly how I've described it to people. I'm like, you know that hotel he goes to? It's like that as a whole movie. So how can you lose? Oh, by having like seven plots, by having Charlie Day as this misogynistic, xenophobic douchebag that's completely unnecessary. Oh, totally by, worth by having like this bizarre like love story. Oh, by having Jeff Goldblum only in two scenes and having Zachary Quinto be his aggressive son. Actually, that kind of worked. But, oh, by having Jenny Slate like just randomly showing up in an alley knowing where a camera is and... And then disappearing! And, like, Nothing happened! I thought she'd be like in the hotel the whole time and like wandering around yeah. or something. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. But I did not think this because this movie made very little sense. It just, there were so many plot elements introduced that then were just dropped or they didn't do anything with. The diamonds never mattered. Which the, they make I mean, you think the they do? End. The yeah, entire Yeah, that's trailer. the start of it. It's like, oh, that's going to be the MacGuffin. Yeah, exactly. And then it wasn't. And that's fine, but you need to give me some other payoff for some other story element. Otherwise, it's just a, a lot of random happenstance until a drugged Jeff Goldblum admits to killing the... Jodie Foster's son, who's the reason she's been inside for so long, and then Drax says goodbye. I'll keep the hospital going. I just. But if you look at the Wikipedia, it is so weird because they believe so many other things are going on. They're like, "Oh, Jodie Foster is returning to the hotel and is going to make it open for all people, not just criminals." I'm like, "When did it say that? When did it say that?" And they're like, "And that weird shadowy thing in the uh, in the scenes must be Niece who has survived." And I'm like. 
How is that what we're inferring in this? I thought it was a bad guy. I just... I did like Niece. Niece was probably, like, my favorite part. I, I've liked her in everything. Like, she, when she was in Atomic Blonde, when she was in Star Trek Beyond, like, she, I feel like, steals scenes. And, uh, oh, oh, of course, Kingsman. She was amazing in Kingsman. Yeah, Sophia Botello is... I just... She, she does a great I love her. her um, action sequence. And I think but. she's just a badass action hero. Like, I think she's... She brings a lot of, like, enjoyment into those scenes. And... As like the one, the only other woman, like it's just yeah. like she has. To, I mean, you've got Jodie Foster, and I honestly wouldn't yeah. really change anything about Jodie Foster. I think she did a really, really good job. She held. Yeah. She held her just own. Just the 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 reveal wasn't really necessary. She did, we didn't need. Oh, and he killed your son. It's like, do we need that? Do we need her to kill somebody? I don't think we do. And uh, while I enjoyed Sophia Batella a lot, I thought her whole "Don't cross my line" thing. I was like, that's. This is dumb. Oh, yeah. It kind of turned my brain off at that point. Be- yeah, like, when it was clear, act, like, I was like... The third act is a brain killer. Well, I, I, it's interesting because we're in this place of, like, Sterling K. Brown and Jeff Goldblum are, like, just, like, rising into this... I'm like, these people... Sterling K. Brown was great in this He movie. was. He was great. He was the... Like, he was... I mean, he needed to be. He was the main character, but, like... He, yeah. He was holding this terrible story together, like... Um, like Captain America trying to hold on to the helicopter. Yes. But I mean, I, it's funny because sometimes I think people are like, okay, well, we've got Jeff Goldblum. We've got Jodie Foster. We've got Sterling K. Brown. Fuck the plot. Fuck the plot. Let's all go get drinks. Let's spend the budget on drinks. Let's go. We've got. I just want to hang out with these guys. Uh, well, it's not called a a hangout set. It's called a movie set. Let's make a movie. Yeah, let's do Uh, it. Um, so yeah. Uh, how would you fix it though? Okay, um, make the diamonds matter, get rid of Jeff Goldblum being injured, him and his son show, well, his son shows up, and then he'll show up later to get the diamonds, because the guy who escaped tells him about it. Um, Jenny Slade can stay, but she can't get out once the, um, once they start their siege, there's no way for her to get out, so they're stuck with a cop in there, so then you've got the double boilerplate going on. We've got enemies at the gate and then the chance of people finding out that there is a cop in there so if it's not going to be Sophia Butella or Sterling K. Brown then we need to make Charlie Day's character not suck and have him be the one who's incensed and irate when he finds out there's a cop in there and him going after the cop but if you don't do that then just kill him oh like don't have him like he's yes, not exactly. worth it he is if so worthless if you don't make him function because he didn't even provide weapons that were needed like, everybody either had their own or 3D printed them. Well, I guess the 3D printing <sighs> came from him. Okay, one tiny thing. But he could still do that, not be a terrible it dick. It came from him and ended him. Yeah, and then you could have him and, uh, or a character like him have a legitimate brawl with De Batista over the life of the cop. He's trying to kill the cop because he doesn't want you know any cops in there. People can't know he's wanted or whatever. He's supposed to be dead. Pick your thing. Um, and then they can have a legitimate fight, and at the end of their fight, something they do trips the gate or something, or lets somebody in, or mm-hmm. like ups the ante. Let the right one and in, then, man. Right, and then it would it would actually matter a little bit more. That's like but... literally my rewrites. <laughs> like you added a few, but those were my except recast Dave Bautista. I wasn't feeling that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 yeah. 
There's a reason I kept calling him Drax. Yeah. No, it was like he's literally just playing Drax. Unless I'm, he's I'm re- glad he got a great role that he can really do well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I honestly, I was like, I can see like a few other people doing this role and it making sense more. Um, I would have liked John Cena, actually. That's actually what I was thinking, was John Cena would have been really good. Get out of my head, Adair. <laughs> Get out of Stop my it. head, Dan. Um, so yeah, no, like, you got it. You, that's how we fix it. That's how we fix the movie. We just we just saved show business, Dan. Hooray! Uh, movies for everyone. You get a movie deal. You get a movie deal. You get a movie deal. You're going to work in TV. <laughs> Aww. Sorry, Charlie. Um, it actually works because of the tuna fish. It works very well. Yeah. Um, it's better better when I don't explain it. Let's go watch Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. I have only high hopes. <laughs> Hope they're not too high. A Secret Weapon Production.